Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Morning, everyone. It's great to see you. Um, yeah, we're finishing with open hands today. Next year with closed hands. How to be stingy and horrible. Um, so uh, look forward to some January fun. Uh, no, I'm joking. Obviously, like what's been awesome about this series is um, it just feels crucial. So I, I, I don't like... Yes, we might not have um, series titles called an open-handed something for a few weeks, but um, actually this, this posture of being open-handed is, I think, it, I think it's essential to the Christian life, and it's kind of a little bit what um, we're just going to land it in today. Um, I want to kind of probably a morning in two parts. So um, this first part um, is going to require a little bit more of you. So um, just get, get used to the fact that you might be doing a little bit of talking with the people next to you. So just um, imagine that that's going to happen and start to prepare your heart and your mind and your spirit for that. Um, it's going to be great. Um, so we're just going to do uh, just, yeah, kind of I want you guys to, I could tell you some stuff, which I'm going to do, which hopefully will be helpful. But actually um, what, is, what is really helpful is like what's going on with you? What have you noticed? What are other people noticing? And one of the great things about church is it's not a transaction. It's not us to you and like it's a thing we do together so gonna have a little little bit of fun with that this morning um and then I've got kind of a final thought that I want to um bring that will hopefully um something we can take away with together so um let's pray father I just ask that you would um have your way this morning thank you that you're being made real amongst us and God that that's always the case but especially this time of year it's something that we're really sensitive to and I just um, I pray that that would continue and increase in Jesus name amen <clears throat> so yeah um, I want to start because I think with any sense of um, any teaching series or any kind of um, input that comes at church like um, it could be it could be amazing it could be the best thing in the world but actually if um, if it doesn't go with us if it doesn't make any difference to what we're doing and how we're living then it's just theological entertainment um or maybe not even that at times um and so we're just not filling we're not just looking to fill 40 minutes on a sunday morning like actually we want to see god do something and make difference and um and jesus he, I think he encapsulates this spirit really perfectly at the end of the Sermon on the Mount um, you'll have heard this passage so many times probably sung a song about it in um sunday school and he said, um, so the Sermon on the Mount was Jesus' big kind of discourse that we read in Matthew. And then towards the end of it, he says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So Jesus, what he has done is he's, he's taught and then he's offered the people a choice. He's like, what are you going to do with this? He's like, are you going to um, listen to what I've said and you're going to build on a firm foundation or are you, are you not and you're going to build on something shaky? And the point here is that a response is required. Like we could listen to a good talk, we could listen to a talk, like, but we need to do something with it. Um, because otherwise it will just drift. It will just be something that happened on a Sunday morning or, or on a podcast or whatever. And this isn't like, it'd be really easy to use this verse and just be like, okay, well, everything that I'm now saying or everything that is said over the microphone, you have to do because Jesus said, otherwise you're building your house on sand. That's not true. 
um, we need, like, we're all a work in progress. We're all working things out along the way. We need to wrestle with each other and test things and grapple with things together. But the point is, we need to respond. One way or another, we need to respond. And I, what I get from this idea of building on a rock or building on the sand is that the nature of our response is an investment in the future, one way or another. It's either something firm that we can start to build on or it's something shaky that actually at the first sign of, of challenge or difficulty is just going to fall away from beneath our feet. So it's this idea that response is really key. So I just want to remind us of uh, the key scripture that has kind of really anchored this series um, and a, a quote that we've used a lot as well. And I also want to um, remind us of the headlines of some of the things we've looked at. And I'm just going to take um, five minutes or so just chatting with um, a couple of people around you about some of the things that you've been noticing. So this is not a, um, not a kind of test on how much you can remember. It might even be one tiny little thing that maybe even just pops up as I'm reading these things now. So don't worry if you've not been to any of the things before. If this is your first time here, like there'll be something even in just this next little bit that I say that might kind of crop up and be interesting to you. So um, the, the scripture that we looked at that's been crucial is um, Philippians 2. So it's going to come up on the screen, but feel free to look at it as well. Um, I'm just going to read it from the NLT for this time. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the high, place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And remember, we looked at those Greek words and the fact that Jesus was the isotheo. He was the one that was equal with God. But um, rather than um, harpagmon, rather than being like Gollum and grasping the ring and pulling it in for himself, he decided to empty himself. He gave himself away. He, um, he humbled himself. And ultimately, that was the way that, um, that God exalted him and brought restoration to all of us. Like, this is the kind of scripture we can live in for the rest of our lives. Um, so just um, keep having it as something you go back to. Um, there was also that quote from Jared Boyd <clears throat> that we read, um, which again will flash up behind, which said this, salvation within the framework of the earliest theologians is the gradual unifying of the human and God. We are being joined to the divine and have received the very spirit of God into our bodies as a down payment of the process that is unfolding in our life. We are being made like him. And so over the course of following in the way of Jesus, we can expect that suffering and heartache and loss of relationships and a whole host of other things, giving away our wealth, serving and befriending the poor, etc., will slowly help us learn that there is nothing in this life of ours that is really worth grasping onto. And so we learn to let go and allow God's very own love to heal us and then pour out of us into the world. This is what Jesus means by eternal life. It's a particular kind of life that we only know how to live once we have learned that the life we thought we were building 
can be given up for this new life, which is slowly being transformed by love and grace and humility into something glorious. So again, there's just so much in there that we just to keep kind of reflecting on and there might be might be stuff you've heard it before and even even this morning like it's ah there's a there's a different word or a different phrase that kind of jumped out and then just to remind you we um of the the things that we picked out to look at again like this could be we could keep going and going there's so many things we we could have looked at but haven't but in particular uh, these were the seven things that we've looked at in the last few weeks just to remind you so we looked at jesus the open-handed king so looking at that philippines 2 stuff we looked at the whole idea of surrendering control. We looked at Sabbath. We looked at worship. We looked at um, being childlike and how Jesus opens his hands and welcomes, to us, welcomes us. We looked at generosity and being open-handed with our money. Um, and we shared stories about how we've seen that happen. And then last week, we looked at um, open-handed waiting. How do we wait well with open hands to God and to each other? Um, so this is what I want you to do. Uh, get into a little group. You don't have to move. Literally just um, either person next to you or maybe put a couple of people in front of you. Like I'd say no, like three people would be perfect, but um, obviously kind of go either side of that. So just quickly kind of get yourself, work out who you look, look in the eye, who you're going to be with. Uh, got a team <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um, and someone in your group wave at me just one person one person for every group okay you are choosing what you're talking about congratulations so um, and uh, if you need uh, so hopefully that uh, there'll be something from these that you remember the Philippians 2 um, scripture the Jared Boyd quote but also um, if you go on Instagram there's a couple of uh, series notes posts that you can steal a few things. So there's one there from generosity and there's one in there about Sabbath. So if you're it's really stuck for inspiration, go on Vine Life MCR and there's a little sermon notes thing. Just scroll down a little bit. Um, okay, so uh, first couple of minutes, just these two questions or something related to these questions. Don't worry too much about sticking uh, directly to them. What did this theme or what did the thing that I noticed highlight to me about the gospel? Uh, what did I notice about Jesus and the nature of his kingdom in relation to this theme? So just kind of big picture, what do we notice about it? What does it make us think about Jesus and his kingdom and the gospel? Um, just take a couple of minutes. All right, we're going to um, move on to part two. So uh, hold that thought, you can finish it in a second. Um, so uh, sticking with whatever you were just talking about, whether it was one of the themes or something you've noticed this morning, um, second couple of questions to keep chatting about. Uh, so we're thinking about um, us personally and us as a church a bit more now. So um, have I noticed anything different about how I'm thinking or living? Um, and are there any things that I would like to notice about myself or us as a church in the coming months? So is there anything that I've noticed that, oh, yeah, actually, I'm already starting to see a bit of a change in what I'm thinking or how I'm doing? Uh, or maybe actually haven't seen it yet, but stuff that oh, I'd really like us to step into this or I'd really like to step into that um, that kind of thing. So um, go for it. Keep going. Good stuff, guys. Looks like some good conversations going on. Or if not, everyone's doing a really good impression of having good conversations, so well done. Um, yeah, um, two things. Just 
keep going, keep talking about stuff. Um, keep keep thinking, oh, where have, where have I spotted this? Or wonder about this, or I'd like to see that. Like, the more we talk about stuff, um, the more it becomes real beyond just the sort of this space. Like, actually, it takes on flesh and becomes a bit more real. Um, I would love to hear a couple, if anyone's got anything they heard that was cool. Austin has, yes. Come down, mate, come down. Yes, Austin. Uh, Yeah, needs to uh, flip it on. Hello. OK. So we, we've been having some fiery conversations back there. Um, I don't know if it's directly linked. We might have gone. <laughs> it's about life. <laughs> it was about yeah. England. <laughs> Sorry. Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, so we, we were talking, and it just came up, so it's not, it wasn't my idea, it was the, the rest of the guys. But we were talking about how literally all of us um, in us, God's kind of created and put a lot in us, but in community as we are, a lot of the time, and a lot of us are feeling like we're just in our own world and nobody cares during the week. Um, and open-handed living needs to look like people kind of connecting to each other outside this space. Um, the other thing to that was that there was a deep sense or a deep feeling that actually um, God's placed a lot in this community, um, but he's hidden it in individuals. And as long as we don't kind of spend that time drilling down in relationship to pull out the gold that God's placed on each of us as individuals and the stories that we carry, we would never, we would never walk in all God has in store for us as a community in this church, in this city. So there is a call for all of us to come out of your comfort zones um, because God needs it and we need it. Yeah. Yes, mate. Love that. Thanks, Austin. Um, any others would love to hear a couple more? Yes. Come on. Boosie, you coming up? Come on, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a setup. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, so for me, um, well, we were sort of talking about um, uh, waiting, but also Sabbath. Um, Sabbath really stood out for me, um, but how they both link. Um, so there was a period in my life where I was made redundant and I didn't have a job. Um, and I prayed, as you know, as we do. We, we just pray, you know, we want God to answer our prayers. Um, but instead of waiting for the answer, um, after I prayed, so at that point I, I was um, preparing for my wedding. At the same time, we had started a project uh, building a retirement home for my mom and dad. So it was a lot of pressure to do both. So I prayed. I said, look, God, I, I really need a job that will help me do both. Um, after the prayer, though, I did manage to, you know, um, apply for another job that I knew was not going to meet that need. And I got the job. Um, and um, so all the, all the uh, checks were done. And um, I was due to start two days before that. The actual job that God had in store for me kind of came to light. Um, and I just sat there and I thought, I should have waited for the answer, shouldn't I? Um, so that's the waiting part. Sometimes, you know, we want to jump ahead of God, don't we? Um, and we want things to happen the way we want them to happen in our own time. But actually, God's timing is right. So he did give me the job that I was praying for. I just 
was not attentive enough or I didn't wait enough for the answer, for the response. Um, now, this job, though, that I prayed for is a bit, you know, challenging. So Monday to Fridays are crazy for me every week. Um, it, it's a lot to do. So on, um, on the Sunday, the Sabbath preach was done. That was a challenge for me. I thought, God, I need to learn to stop regardless of what's happening Monday to Friday. So on Fridays, I now prep for my Saturday. I stop on a Saturday and I reflect. And that's when I get my time to read the word, meditate, and listen more. Because I can't do it a lot Monday to Friday. So Saturday is like, right, God, it's me and you now. You know? So I prep on a Friday. I know what I'm doing on Saturday. I prep the food I'm going to eat. I plan everything out on a Friday. And Saturday, I sit back and I reflect. I Sabbath on a Saturday. So it's been, it's been a journey. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, BC. That's awesome. Uh, one more. Yeah, Rebecca. Come on down. Hey, so um, my group were talking about um, childlikeness um, and also waiting as well. But for the childlikeness, like we were, we were talking about how, um, yeah, just the whole thing of like how Jesus welcomed the children with all of their craziness and he actually told off the disciples for saying, actually, no, don't bother him. Um, so we, we were just kind of chatting a bit about how... Um, you know, just being okay with bringing our whole selves to Jesus and, like, just the, the freedom that comes with that. And it reminded me of a conversation that I had with a friend a while back about this this phrase, growing down, um, and how a lot of the time our faith can sort of maybe has to look like that a little bit, where we have to kind of let go of some of the things that we're trying to be in order to have all of our ducks in a row um, in order to be a good Christian or whatever. It was actually, um, it just kind of made us realize that actually Jesus kind of wants us to just come free from a, from a lot of that, that stuff, um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Rebecca. That's so cool, and I'm sure um, loads of great conversations kicking around. Let's, um, let's pray. Is that okay? Father, thank you for all that you're stirring up amongst us. God, thank you that you're always doing more than we realize. But we just pray that, um, that everything that you've got for us, we would um, step into the fullness of it. that church would be so much more than just Sunday mornings. For us as individuals, that we wouldn't just um, switch on and off at the weekend when we come to church, but that every single day we'd just be thinking about you. Thank you for um, all the ways that that can look so different for each of us. And I just pray that we would be a community as well that, that pulls gold out of each other, that calls each other to deep faith, to the real things of your kingdom. Thank you for the... Um, all the, the fun and the trappings of life that we get to enjoy together, but I pray that we'd be marked as a community, as people that, um, that pull gold out of one another, that go deep with one another, 
and that find true um, true joy with one another. So just pray you continue to teach us and lead us and guide us, God. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate you um, chatting, getting involved. And um, yeah, like I said, I've got just um, some some final thoughts to kind of uh, sort of wrap things up. And thinking um, specifically about um, the gospel, um, as we always are, the gospel, the good news. But um, so I think sort of looking at that Philippians 2 passage and probably through all the stuff that you were talking about that one of the, the key ideas, really, when we're talking about open hands um, is this whole idea of generosity. We've talked a lot about humility, which is super important, but I really want to focus in on, on generosity, that sense of openness and giving. And there's all, there's all sorts of reasons why it's good to be generous, um, from the kind of logical and cynical, like, oh, if I'm generous to someone, maybe they'll be generous back to me, to the sort of the social, you know, it actually looks good to be the one buying the drinks um, and being generous. Um, but ultimately, I think generosity is, it's like the oil in the engine of the Christian life. It's the thing that, that makes everything else work because it's where God is. Like, God's love, and I think the essence of generosity is love. And so I, I just totally believe that, um, like the kind of life that God invites us into is a generous kind of life. That actually, whatever, whatever it looks like, whatever our motivations, like when we live generously, we live like God. And so I just, um, yeah, I think, just think it's one of the most crucial um, postures that we can have that sense of openness and generosity. I just want to look a little bit more at that. So um, there's so basically... Any story almost in the Bible, you could, um, you could look at it and you can see generosity, you can see giving, you can see openness. Um, and I find it's really encapsulated really well in this proverb, um, proverb Proverbs 11. Um, reading this one from the message, 24 to 26. The world of the generous gets larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Curses on those who drive a hard bargain. Blessings on all who play fair and square. And I, I just love that idea of um, the world getting larger and larger. And that's not talking about like domination or empire. That's just, I think that's just like the good stuff. And like, I, I want to be a world getting larger kind of person. And I just thinking through, it's like, that's not always easy. In fact, it's often hard, like, um, one of the ways Jesus talks about it is, you know, talks about that um, grain of seed. Is that if this grain of seed doesn't fall into the ground and die, it will just remain one seed. But if it does, it will grow into a great harvest. And so um, there is just through generosity, through that giving, through that sacrifice, through that dying to self, like actually we get to step into something that is so much bigger and so much greater. It's a bit of a stupid example, but um, I feel like the England cricket team have been epitomizing this recently in that um, they, uh, they have this new mantra where they're not afraid to lose. Actually, they, they put themselves into a position where they're more likely to lose because it actually makes it more likely that they will win. Um, and sporting analogies aren't necessarily the most translatable to, uh, to life and faith, but uh, I, I just I love that as a as a as a posture. It's like, yeah, it does, we're not we're not worried about what might happen because we're excited about what could happen. And um, 
And so I, I love that idea. I think through all this stuff, all the things we've been talking about, like um, even just how to be humble, how to wait, how to Sabbath, how to, how to give money, how to think about people around us. Like we are, um, our world gets larger when we do those things. It's a, it's a sort of principle in scripture that actually when you get to keep what you give away, if, if, you, if you hold on to it, actually it's going gonna, it's gonna to wither and die. Like the manner that um, if the Israelites tried to keep it longer than one day, it would just rot. Like actually there's that the openness brings life and it's we don't control it and we don't know what it's gonna look like, but it's amazing. And the flip side of that is the world of the stingy gets smaller. And the the concept that I like to think of when with this is the whole idea of hoarding. So whereas generosity is about like giving away, I feel like this the stinginess is about hoarding. It's that sense of that the harpagmon, the grasping, the pulling in, the the you know the fear, the looking after yourself. And from a very literal point of view, like if you think about a hoarder, I don't know if you've got a hoarder in the family or seen them on TV, Nick Engel's got to put his hand up. I don't know if it's you or someone else. Um, literally, you, you fill up your place with space, with, uh, with stuff, don't you? Like the, the, the literal physical space in your world is smaller and smaller because of all the stuff that you're bringing into it. And actually you might have to start making provision to keep all your stuff and it's just going to impinge your life literally like um there's just no space to move and I, I think it's the same with our soul you know um like actually when you we look back through all the things we've talked about when we when we when we hoard and we pull in i think we fill up space in our soul and it, we kind of like clog it up and um, we're actually we're supposed to give away and this needs to be this flow and this outward and this growth and this spreading whereas that that sort of the direction of travel when we hoard is just it's just clogging and stuffing. and um, So I think both literally and spiritually, I, could, I can see how our worlds get smaller when we hoard, when we're not generous. Um, because we're actually crowding out where we need life. We're crowding out the space where things can live and grow with stuff. There's this passage in Luke 12, which um, we're going to read. Um, so let's do that. It's called The Parable of the Rich Fool. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, Please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have stored enough away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Uh, in the ESV, it, it says, um, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So this parable is talking about like literal kind of prosperity in terms of like the grain and stuff. But it's, it's talking about our souls. And so if you think about just what characterizes that um, the rich fool, it was that sense of, or first it, a fear of lack, the possibility that he might potentially go without. There was the, and this is a really challenging one, I think that desire to be self-sufficient. It's like, actually, I'm doing pretty well. 
I make, if I can do even better, then I'll know that I'll definitely be able to look out for myself and I'll be able to chill out because I'm the one that, that can do stuff. Which again sort of highlights the need for control. Like often kind of hoarding comes with control, doesn't it? Like I just need to have all the stuff near me that's accessible to me that I might possibly ever need so that I know that I've got it if I need it. Um, and, and similarly, like even for him, it was, you know, a sense of vanity or self-promotion. Like, oh, I need, well, I need all this stuff because it, it shows that I'm doing well or um, shows me off to other people. And, um, and I think it probably can be encapsulated in, you know, the sort of the essence of greediness is the answer to the question, how much do you need more? Like how much is enough a bit more? It's, it's that sort of posture. That, I think that's what the rich fool is really anticipating. And, and this parable is just like, you fool. Like actually, you can't control things you can't control. Like in this literal instance, it's like you can't control the continuation of your life. So why are you having this posture where you're seeking to master your world through the domination of resource? And what's really important for us to notice is... Um, <coughs> So much of the thinking comes from a point of view where we consider resources to be limitless, uh, limited. Like actually, there's only so much of something. There's only so much wealth, there's only so much acclaim, there's only so much whatever it is. And so we, therefore we have this mindset of, okay, well I need to make sure I've got my bit of it to do the thing that I wanna do. And even when we're generous, it's calculated in that, well I could give that much away, but not that, because I need that. Whereas the nature of God is that he's limitless. The kingdom of God is one of abundance. And so he's not operating from a place where resources are finite. Yes, there's a whole um, stuff around stewardship, um, of course, and we're not thinking about that today. But um, it's the idea that God's not so worried about um, the distribution of resource because there's only so much of it and it absolutely has to get to the right place. He's more considered about the state of our soul. And, and, and whether actually we're the kind of people that trust him, trust that his kingdom is abundant, trust that he's limitless, and aren't living in such a way that is, is fearful and controlling and actually trying to sort ourselves out. So I think in so much of our day-to-day -day lives and our, our walks with God and our choices that we have, it's almost like there's this, this constant fork in the road. And it's not like we're, we're always right and we're always wrong. I feel like it's just a constant opportunity to keep choosing. And the choice is between generosity and hoarding. Like, am, am I going to be the kind of person that actually um, I'm going to give away? The goal of generosity is to give away. It's to bless others. And the result is my world gets bigger and my soul is alive. Or are we going to be the kind of person that is more interested in hoarding? And the goal of that is, is self-advancement or self-preservation or looking after myself or the people that I care about. And the result of that is actually our world gets smaller and our soul starts to die. So again, I don't think this is like, you're, you, it's just a constant choice as it is with always life. Just, oh, I'm, what kind of person am I going to be? And it's, we've talked about this before, but it's the whole idea of... Um, of integrity, you know, like actually if want to be a person of integrity, um, that looks like, sorry. It looks like um, every part of us pointing in the same direction. And so I think with our choices, with, our, uh, with each opportunity, it's like how can I be generous here? Am I moving more towards generosity or am I moving more towards hoarding? And so it's like, and I think the encouragement from this whole series 
is that um, what is it going to look like for us to have that open-handed posture? How can I show up in the world? Or um, um, yeah, it's going to it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But more and more and more, I'm becoming that kind of person that is is looking to to bless others, is looking to give away, and actually. I believe that the Bible says that when we do that, our world gets larger and our souls become more alive. We've just got a couple of minutes before we need to get kids, but um, I think the the one thing I wanted us to leave with was um, this could look like anything, and I hope I hope you would continue to apply the posture of generosity everywhere. But what might it look like with regards to the gospel, the good news of Jesus? Because thinking about the Christmas story and um, and it really struck me, you know, it kind of even as we've been singing and talking this morning, we talk a lot about the word becoming flesh, about Jesus being um, coming amongst us and being incarnated. But if you think about um, the gospel, it was actually something that was um, proclaimed by the angels to the shepherds, wasn't it? There's, um, I think if you put up the Luke 2 slide, Miles. Um, there was a proclamation of there is good news, there is salvation coming. And it was like, um, so God is about to become flesh in the person of Jesus. And the, the gospel, which was, was always in God's heart, and it was always this objective reality that was true, was becoming real in it being spoken by the angels um, to the shepherds. Like, there is this message of good news that salvation is coming. You know, um, uh, we, you understand uh, the message of the gospel is, is Jesus is here, rescue is coming, there is, there is good news. And um, I just really want to encourage you this Christmas time and every time, can we be generous with the good news? That actually we, we would see the fact that, um, that God has sent his son to be with us. We would even understand the fact that we've been given the gift of saying yes. Like actually, um, Paul talks a lot of times about how we, can't, we don't actually have the ability to say yes to Jesus without a gift of the Holy Spirit allowing us to do that. Can we, can we apply our generosity to actually the most blessed part about us, that, um, that Jesus, Jesus is here, that he is king, that he lived and died, and he was resurrected, and we get to be with him forever? And um, I wonder if sometimes we can, thinking about that whole, you know, like, um, the world of the generous gets larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller, and blessed are those who, um, uh, who do a good deal, and cursed are those who drive a hard bargain. And I was thinking about that with relation to the gospel. And I was like, um, how generous are we with it? How much do we give it away? How much does it come out of our mouth? Romans 10 talks about how people only believe because of, of, of the preaching of the gospel. How can we believe if they haven't heard? And I just think there's something really significant about the tangible reality of something coming out of our mouth to the people around us. And I don't want to be um, the kind of person that is, that is stingy with the gospel or that drives a hard bargain with it that just waits until there's a certain certain set of circumstances that are just right and like, then, okay, right, at this point, I will then tell you about who Jesus is. Like, actually, could we take this whole posture of generosity and apply it to this amazing message that Jesus has got to speak through us? Um, Great, that bit was going to take 20 minutes in my head. (laughs) Uh, But it's time to go, so why don't we stand up and let's pray. Yeah, Father, thank you that um, your posture is of extreme generosity towards us. And Lord, would we as a church continue to step into that?
And God, I ask that, um, that you would show us what it looks like to be generous, show us where to give away, and even show us, God, where we're hoarding, where we're holding on, where we're um, looking after ourselves. And God, thank you that you're so kind and you're so gentle in the way that you um, challenge us and change us. But I just ask, God, that we would continue to be open to you. Even right now, God, just be um, showing us those areas that, that we are grasping onto really tight. And Father, thank you that there, um, this is a place where we can be real with you and with each other. And I just pray for everyone that is noticing something right now, that they'd have the time and the space to um, just to offer it up to you. Father, would we just continue to um, see more of what you're like and change how we live as a result of it? And I just pray specifically as well, God, in the, um, in the next couple of weeks, in the busyness and the hecticness, God, would there be opportunities for us to be generous with the gospel with those around us? To not just look to hoard its blessings, but to share its wonder with those we meet. So give us those opportunities, God, and give us the courage to take them. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless, and see you soon.